Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorneys. Play to win, banksjones.com. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Objective insight, expertise, top guests. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Also available on offthehooksports.com. I compute and obey. Now, today, Hooker. Ready. Here we go, loaded program, and already a good group on hands. Thank you so much. If you haven't hit the like button, please do so. As some reaction to the poll question already that we'll get to. If you haven't subscribed, please do that. But let's go ahead and dive into that poll question because we're going to dig deep into Tennessee football history for a moment later in the show. First, though, we'll discuss a couple of different things, and that is, will the NCAA investigation affect the ball's play on the field this season? Is there a chip-on-the-shoulder mentality? I look forward to visiting with Cooper Mays. By the way, turn your notifications on later today about that. We'll have the ball report with Cooper brought to you by City Heating and Air Conditioning. Also, Nico Iamaleava versus current NFL draft quarterbacks. Better or worse, we'll go through the list. Connor O'Gara of Saturday Down South has his most draftable quarterbacks in this upcoming 2024 NFL draft. I think he's better than half the guys on the list. I'll just go ahead and tell you. Also, this day in Tennessee sports history, who's the most dominant athlete is our poll question in Tennessee football history. And some Tennessee SEC title odds that are about middle of the pack, but I think respectable 
We'll discuss. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker, and ESPN joins the ACC in their fight versus Florida State. The Knowles may have committed a felony. It's pretty interesting. Caleb Calhoun, how are you, sir? I am tremendous. How are you, Dave? I'm well. So we've got the poll question up right now, and we would encourage you to go ahead and vote on that. And the reason I ask it, I'll just kind of give it away a little bit. Uh, This was back in 1992, Tiger Woods' first PGA event. I think he's one of the most dominant athletes of our time. So I thought I would ask the question, who's the most dominant athlete in Tennessee football history? Reggie White with 50% of the votes. It minimized. Uh, Eric Berry, 29% of the vote. Doug Adkins, 21% of the vote. Gene McGever, who Caleb's backing, and he's going to make a strong argument, and he knows his stuff a little bit later in the program, hasn't received a vote yet, but it is very early. And That's because people who follow Tennessee don't know history. Sorry. I, I, just, I just gave you the props. Did you need more than that? I just wanted to throw some shots at people. Just I, I want everybody to know how much smarter than them that I am. So you know, <laughs> yes, very nice. I'm just kidding. I love our, I love all you guys. I just like trolling y'all. Doesn't come across as contentious at all. Okay, but I uh, <laughs> want to remind you: check out this shirt. Uh, check it out. The poll question brought to you by Apex Apparel. Man, they do so much when it comes to promo products, screen printing, embroidery. Headquartered out of Knoxville, but a national dealer. One-stop shop for all your products. Check out this TriStar shirt. Pretty awesome. Call Tyler, 865-919-3001. It's right below for your company, yourapexapparel.com, Spiritwear, and more. Uh, They've got it for your group. 865-919-3001. So let's dig into it right now. Uh, will the NCAA investigation affect the Vols' play on the field this season? Now, we know it's going to affect the Vols in 2025, 2026, and for the rest of college football. It is. There's no question about that. However, I wondered to myself this morning, self, could this team have a chip on their shoulder? It certainly seems like the NCAA has made a target of Tennessee tell you some things I've heard since uh, we last spoke on Monday. Um, One is that the NCAA really thought that Tennessee would be an easy target and would fold again, and that would be a step to them getting more control of NIL. They've done nothing but beg Congress for help, and they're not going to get it from Congress. But I have been told that there were some prospects who brought up concern about NIL because of the latest headlines, not the story, the headlines. And let's face it, we all to some extent read headlines. The headlines was another potential NCAA investigation and a notice of allegations was coming and it it may still come, but I don't think it's going to hold much merit. Caleb, I think it's affected Tennessee and I know these guys don't dig into the paper and dig into the internet and and, and watch a lot of coverage of themselves, but I'd kind of have a little chip on my shoulder. Wouldn't you hit that like and subscribe button if you agree? Oh, I think it absolutely affects Tennessee and they'll have a chip on their shoulder. And I think there will be a one also because you and I have talked about this in the past, but Nico Imaliava, given his background, I'm willing to bet is probably embarrassed to be at the heart of this because he probably is the type of guy that doesn't want to be touched to any scandal whatsoever. Because, and so I think the players 
since that. And I think the players for him want to really make a statement. And by the way, this isn't anything new. You remember, Dave, in 2002 when Alabama was on probation and they would have won the West had they not been on probation that year. Wasn't it 1993? Auburn went undefeated. Terry Bowden's first year when they were on probation. 2012, Ohio State went undefeated. Urban Meyer's first year when they were on probation. We have seen teams on probation take a play a lot better than they were because every game was their bowl game or their postseason game in that moment. Tennessee's not on probation, but so they don't have to worry about that. But I think the concept could be the same, couldn't it? I think it could. And listen, it's it's big enough news where you're not digging into Tennessee lost a three-star prospect. I mean, there are some players that absolutely love following recruiting when they're in high school. Cooper Mays is an example of that. And, of course, he didn't follow it when he got in college. But, Caleb, this isn't small news. I mean, this is monster news on the front page of the New York Times sports section. I mean, that's not anything you can miss. Yeah, I agree. And it went from... You're right. It went from probably affecting Tennessee on the recruiting trail to a certain degree in a negative way, affecting putting some concern in the back of their mind to, I mean, this, this thing is wrapped up already. And I, okay. You guys are going to sit there and say, it's not wrapped up. It's wrapped up. The NCAA can't do anything to Tennessee be right now because of that TRO that was just granted. But so one, they're going to lose in court and they've already effectively lost. And until somebody comes back and says, will either temporarily give you back your NIL restriction rights or we or they lose the case or, or the NCAA wins the case, neither of which is happening. They can't do anything to Tennessee. So it's wrapped up. They're in the clear. And it's happening right before spring practice. Now, Caitlin on our uh, message board said, why wouldn't we have a chip on our shoulder? I, I was one of those guys that didn't really think the NCAA had any sort of vendetta against Tennessee. Um, I wonder about that in this latest situation. I think Tennessee was viewed as an easy mark that they probably fold and comply like they have done for 50 years. And that just wasn't the case. Tennessee fought it. And I got a lot of respect for that. And listen, they had the courts on their side. Now, what will the NCAA do next? You think it's over. I do too. But what are they doing? They're sitting in Indianapolis what are they thinking of doing? Brought to you by Don Self, uh, your state farm agent in the Chattanooga area. Go to donself.net, donself.net with great customer service, 40 years of experience. Uh, they're just incredible. And I know everybody's shopping rates now, but what happens when you send in that claim? Customer service matters, donself.net, donself.net. So if you're the NCAA, what are your options right now? You're sitting in Indianapolis, you're trying to decide what you're going to do. One, you just roll over and play dead, okay? I mean, you just say, please let us keep a hold of basketball, and that, that's it, the NCAA basketball tournament. That, that We've lost. We are who we are. We know you're going to make a mega conference. Two, you file another lawsuit to try to battle NIL. Or three, what I would do is I would call all of the commissioners. I'd say, can we have a meeting? How can I help you facilitate the best usage of NIL and the best way for it not to be abused and the best way to put together a playoff, which you've really already done? 
that would be my approach. Let's all work together. I mean, at this point, the NCAA needs to find a role because right now there's a room full of people doing great stuff and they ain't one of them. Well, option three is not a possibility because option three doesn't. Here's why it's not a possibility. But the it's the only smart one you would agree, right? They can't. They literally can't do it because neither can the commissioners. There's nothing you can do to regulate NIL short of Congress. No, I'm saying let NIL go and just say, let us work with you to help facilitate. You can't facilitate anything. Any facilitation of NIL would be a. No, 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 no. You, didn't, you didn't hear me. Not NIL. You oh, okay, let sorry. NIL go and you say, let me be a part of the party. Let me help you. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Plane tickets for the college football playoff, whatever it is, let me be a part of Cause right now they're, they're not going to be a part of the party. This is going to be a separate conference. And that would be my approach is try to be, I don't know, the nice guy, um, kill them with kindness type of thing. Now, maybe every, every other school is okay with that, but Tennessee is going to give them the middle finger because they've been targeted so often, but that would be my approach is just to try to be a part of the party. Well, I agree. The funny thing about the, and we agree the NCAA stepped in it here. The virtue signal by people against the NCAA is hilarious, though, because they'll complain about the NCAA, and then they'll say these conferences should break off and do their own thing, and then they should form their own regulatory body and regulate the teams, which is what the NCAA was doing. So it's it's kind of like, if you, it, it's funny to me when people want regulation on things and then they complain when like the ncaa acts as the regulatory authority to do what they wanted or like oh i hate the ncaa you see this and you see this in politics all the time where like people will hate a bill but they'll like everything in the bill and they'll just but they'll just they'll arbitrarily... and a lot of times they'll want something included that they want in the bill to vote for it right yes exactly you'll see people tout like they you'll see people criticize a bill but they'll tout something from the bill that helps their district at the same time. You see that all the time in politics. And you're kind of seeing that with the NCAA. And so it, because when people say, oh, the SEC and Big Ten should form their own, you know, thing and have their own regulators. So you mean they should have the NCAA? It's just, you're just calling it another thing at that point. <laughs> it's, like I, it's, it's like, I need a race car, but you've got a race car sitting right there that doesn't run. Travis said this yesterday, so I went ahead and put it up today, but he said it again. I like being the villain's. I kind of do too. I mean, it's, I feel like a lot of schools, Alabama is the one you would point to the easiest that has, has gotten some preferential treatment from time to time, but uh, so certainly Notre Dame has, but why not be the villains? I mean, didn't Miami prove it back in the eighties that you could be the villains and you could have an M16 in your hotel room or your, uh, dorm room and still sack the quarterback. That was what Ed Orgeron said back in the day. He said, Everybody wants to talk about Warren Satin, the three sacks he had on Saturday, but nobody wants to go get the M16 out of his uh, his dorm room on Sunday. He actually <laughs> said that in front of a, a big orange booster club, and everybody was he on the sauce. <laughs> well, it was it was a noon meeting, so I'd like to not, but eh, you know, it's Coach I, O. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, the boys, I hit that like and subscribe button. Uh, Mark says, we don't want NCAA to have anything to do with the enforcement. That's kind of what it is. You're so damn right. It's hard. I can't say that any better. They have done such a poor job over half a century doing it. They've been so wrong. They only killed SMU because SMU 
couldn't fight back and weren't one of the big boys, they would have never done that to an Alabama, Texas, or a big school. Well, the whole Southwest was cheating at that time, and SMU was the only one that took the brunt. Well, and to finish, I thought the Southern Cal punishments were, were too harsh. I thought the North Carolina punishments weren't harsh enough. I can't think of really a punishment they doled out that I agree with. So I'm I'm with Mark. I don't want the NCAA to have anything to do with enforcement, but somebody has to, right? Yeah, someone has to do enforcement. The problem is, the okay, the NCAA made a lot of missteps, but they also were hamstrung by autonomy granted to conferences and teams based on court rulings, which limited what they could do. Now, so this was, I'm not going to, like the concept of the NCAA when it was invented, it's like, it was invented by Teddy Roosevelt, guys. It was to save football. It was to create a national uniform. Explain that one more time because we've got a bunch of new listeners that we didn't. And and this is why I love Caleb because he he knows more history about Tennessee football than than I do. I'll, I'll be very willing to admit that. And he knows more history in general about athletics than I do. So explain the Teddy Roosevelt thing for those that don't know. And because you've said it before and you've explained it to me, but I didn't know that. So in 30 seconds or less, explain that to me. So in the la- as football got big in the latter half of the 19th century and at the turn of the 20th century, it was a gentleman's game for Ivy Leaguers. That's how it started. And there were widely different rules for widely different teams and, and leagues. And there were no safety guidelines whatsoever. So they were almost going to do away with the sport in the early 20th century. And Teddy Roosevelt, who was an Ivy Leaguer who loved football himself, actually got together uh, a bunch of administrators from all the Ivy League schools and other elite schools that played football and said, we need to create a uniform standard for safety purposes to keep this game going and a uniform level of regulations. And that's what the NCAA was. Obviously, the NCAA was not something equipped to handle when the idea of amateurism or when college football got profitable. Nobody considered amateurism in 1907 because sports didn't make money like that at the college level. So nobody even thought that, that, I mean, even there was no regulation on it until, I mean, you would probably say the 1970s when TV deals were happening and the NCAA was like, we got to figure out a way to keep all this money for ourselves. And that's what happened. uh, True. And the NCAA got incredibly bloated because there was so much money going around. And I think they got in bed with the bowl committees a little too quickly. Um, But yeah, I I, I love your history on that. So that's a great point. Had they decided to sanction a playoff in the 1970s, they would still, they they would have a lot more power today. Agreed. Agreed. All right. So interesting column by Connor O'Gara that I would like to get into. But first, let me just ask you, do you believe you had to make a bet? that the NCAA and Tennessee being targeted, that it helps Tennessee on the field this season? Yay or nay? Yes, I do. I think it helps Tennessee on the field this season because not like usual, though, they're not the villain, guys. Everybody loves Tennessee for what they did. So, you know, the whole keep your friends close, enemies closer. Other teams won't have the same psychological urge to destroy Tennessee because they'll be grateful to Tennessee. Maybe a little bit of a reach, but I'll run with that. Lastly, uh, Kalen says, I think they need to enforce the actual rules like the Michigan video stuff. If they actually did their job, it would be great. But here's an example, Kalen, of here's exactly what's going to happen at Michigan. Will you write this down? Will you take a moment to write this down, Caleb? You don't really have to write it down. But they will hammer Michigan because Jim Harbaugh left. 
They will absolutely hammer Michigan because of the video stuff. Now, had he stayed, they would have taken it easier on him. That was absolutely – that was an exit stage left, and NCAA do what you want. I don't. Here's know why they won't here's, – go ahead. Here's why I don't think they'll hammer Michigan, and I, I'll tell you why. And I, I hate to bring this into it, but it's true. The NCAA knows it has a really bad, bad problem with underrepresentation of minority head coaches in college football right now. You can't hammer the premier program, the most premier program with a black head coach in college football right now. Okay, I don't, I don't think that'll be a factor. But th- there, there are there are times when race, because I, I was one of my good friends was black. I've been around black people my whole life, so I. I don't see that sometimes, so maybe I'm ignorant. Maybe I missed that, but I don't I don't see that as being the case, but you you well could be right. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All right. So let's move on. The guy uh, named uh, Nico Iamaleava is pretty good. Where will he rank? amongst the current NFL draft quarterback. So this is a uh, this is a column by Connor O'Gara, and we'll get to four downs, brought to you by Dynasty Pools and Spas. Mention off the hook sports. Get $500 off of your spa. So here is the list, and I do want to go through them and one by one. And number seven is J.J. McCarthy of Michigan. These are the top seven signal callers in the 2024 class, according to Connor O'Gara. Number six is Bo Nix. Never thought I'd say that. Number five is Spencer Rattler. Number four is Michael Penix. Penix, Jr., uh, Washington. Drake May, North Carolina. Jaden Daniels, LSU. Caleb Williams, uh, at Southern California. So we are going to ask you and each other, as we ask each other on YouTube every weekday at 10 a.m., some questions. And they are four downs, and it's brought to you by our good friends at Dynasty Pools and Spas. I mention again, off the hook sports, you get $500 off. Where does Nico actually rank? Well, let's do that right now with four downs. Four Downs brought to you by Dynasty Spas, the most comfortable spas made in the United States of America, right here in East Tennessee. Drop in for the all-new showroom in Athens, Dynasty Spas, perfect for all four seasons. Four Downs presented by Off the Hook Sports. Okay, so I gave you that list, and Cooper Mays is going to tell us what to do. Cooper Mays here. Hit like and subscribe. Thank you, Coop. And what down is it? Coop here. 
first down. All right, so I gave you the list, and I'm going to repeat it, but I will ask you, who will he definitely be better than? Nico Ia Maleava will definitely be better than which of these quarterbacks? So, again, the list is J.J. McCarthy of Michigan, uh, Bo Nix of Oregon, to Spencer Rattler, South Carolina, Michael Penix Jr. of Washington, Drake May, UNC, Jaden Daniels, LSU, and lastly, Caleb Williams, Southern California. So who will Nico, when he is drafted, be it 2026 or 2027, or he's got that red shirt year, um, could be 2028. So who will he definitely be better than out of this list in your mind? Okay, so he will Definitely be better than Bo Nix. I think that's and he's not even last on the list. Caleb. He's not even last on the list. I actually think JJ first, McCarthy's underrated. That's, that's the first one I was going to pick too. I think he'll. Oh. I think he will definitely be better than. I mean, when I say definitely, I'm saying that I would be stunned. JJ uh, McCarthy at Michigan, I think he'll be better than. He'll be better than Bo Nix uh, at Oregon. Spencer Rattler's an interesting one because if he fits into the right system and he has a better attitude than a Kyler Murray, I still think there's a quarterback out there that could could change the game or continue to change the game like you've seen uh, with Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia. So Spencer Rattler's an interesting one to me. But So keep in mind, I, I, yeah, I wanted to get out here real quick. This isn't who we just think he'll be better than. This is who there is a 100% chance he'll be better than. This other this person has no chance of being better than him whatsoever. Yes. <laughs> right? That's Yeah. Rattler, I'm with you. He could go somewhere and be okay. Um, I think he'll definitely be better than Michael Penix Jr. I think Penix is limited. I do limited. too. Yeah, I, I think he's limited. I don't think Penix has that great of an NFL career ahead of him. And I, I mean, I think he's a good guy, so I can maybe see him, you know, as just a hard worker. But um, again, these are not who I think he'll be better than because there's a lot of other people in the show I think Nico will be better than. But I, yeah, I'll go with Michael Penix Jr. Can I make a comparison between Michael Penix Jr. and sure. somebody? Sure. Endon Hooker took advantage of a system that surprised people initially. Now, I don't think Nico is going to be a system quarterback. Uh, has some durability issues, um, good at navigating the pocket. Uh, I think there's a comparison there. Am I reaching? Michael Penix played one defense that would have been within the top six defenses that Hendon Hooker faced in 2022. And that was the Michigan game. And he got waxed. I agree. So not even a comparison. I'm not saying he's bad. yeah, I think Hendon Hooker's better because just of what I saw, what I saw Hendon Hooker do against um, against what am I trying to say against the SEC? Now I'll, I'll give you this: the reads are a lot easier in Josh Heupel's offense than Kalen DeBoer's offense. Kalen DeBoer has a lot of the I talked to you about this yesterday has a lot, has a lot of the Jeff Tedford Pat Hill influence in what he does. Mm-hmm. So the playbook's a little bit more complex for a quarterback in Kalen DeBoer's offense than Jeff Tedford's offense or than uh, Josh Eichel's offense. But I thought, you, I thought you'd like my Penix and Hooker comparison. Uh, the, the Hooker. Second <laughs> down. Okay. Who on this list will he not be as good as? This is 100% definite if you ask an NFL scout. Uh, anything could change. Caleb Williams could suffer three ACL injuries, but anything could change. 
The one I hear from my NFL sources is Caleb Williams is a generational type quarterback. And I know a lot of us don't like him. I don't particularly like him either. And I do really like Drake May's play. I'm I'm high on Drake May. I think that there's a possibility he will be the second or maybe even the first quarterback selected, but it certainly sounds like Caleb to this point. So those would be the two that I think will would potentially have better careers than Nico Ia Maleava. Well, you're speaking out of two things, though, because you said potentially or you said 100%. There's a difference. Okay, 100% then is Caleb Williams. I don't think Caleb Williams is 100% going to be better than Nico. I don't think anybody is on this list is 100% going to be better than Nico in the NFL. I've watched a lot of Caleb Williams games, guys. He holds on to the ball way too long. Who is the only quarterback? Dave, outside of Aaron Rodgers, have you ever seen a quarterback get away with holding the ball that long in the NFL? Is Aaron Rodgers the only one you ever saw get away like that? Well, Patrick Mahomes holds it forever. Patrick yeah, Mahomes, 20 years ago, you would have said, you got to throw the ball. Stop running around like a crazy person. Yeah, okay, I will give you Patrick Mahomes too. Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers are the only two quarterbacks. Are we saying Caleb Williams is on that level? Because I'm not seeing it. No. No, 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 no. Okay. Well, you have to be hold, that generation good. Hold on to, he does hold on to the ball too long, and he's not as nimble as Patrick Mahomes and his nimbleness allows him to get away with that. And his pocket presence, Caleb Williams has good pocket presence, but not elite pocket presence. Okay. Maybe talk me off the Caleb Williams. Yeah. I'm, I'm look, I think Shador Sanders is better than Caleb Williams. Uh, I watched that well, USC Colorado game last year and on- Shador is better. Yeah. He's not, cause he's not a draft prospect, but yeah. I thought Shador was the better quarterback. Caleb says the, the other Caleb or Travis says uh, Caleb Williams is more overrated than Ryan Lee. I don't know. Well, you can't go there. That's pretty, that's pretty strong. What down is it on four downs brought to you by dynasty pools and spas? Tennessee center Cooper Mays here. Third down. All right. Third down is who is the most comparable? Well, you know, mine, I said, uh, uh, Phoenix with, uh, oh, sorry, Phoenix with uh hooker um but i find it difficult to pick a quarterback off of this list that is comparable to nico iamaleava i'm struggling on third down how about you yeah i would honestly go drake may i would too and i mean we're agreeing too much we we guys we don't manufacture debate for show. We made very we made that very clear. But yeah, I I you know, and Nico's more mobile than Drake May, but it's not like yeah. I, I gotta go Drake May. I gotta go Drake May. Uh, it's it's Drake May. Uh, Travis, I'm not even reading that. Yes, I will. He said from this list, Penix sticks out. Um, so. Uh, Jamarcus Russell getting a vote as well. The scissor. All right. So the last uh, four downs brought to, by Di- <laughs> brought to you by Dynasty Pools and Spas. Where will Nico Ia Maleava get drafted? Four downs brought to you by Dynasty Pools and Spas. We'll answer that for you right after this. Just 30 seconds. Imagine having the best spas made right here in the United States of America in your backyard dynasty pools and spas their showroom is open in athens right off the interstate 
you can stop by and check out the best hot tubs and spas in the market. And delivery? Yes, they can do that. It's Knoxville or Chattanooga. They've got complete support spa cover and chemicals to keep your spa bubbling at its best. They also have pool chemicals as well. Dynasty pools and spas, amazing discounts for first responders, military, and even some blemish models that can save you a ton and no one will ever notice. Mention Off the Hook Sports, get $500 off. Mention Off the Hook Sports, get $500 off. Dynasty Pools and Spas. Go to DynastyPoolsAndSpas.com or stop by that showroom in Athens. DynastyPoolsAndSpas.com. Dynasty Pools and Spas. All right, we're really piling it on. Number one, number top five, top ten, first round. Those are the four options I'm going to give you about Nico getting drafted. I'm not even going to give you beyond the first round because I don't think that's going to happen. And we want to hear from the message board, too. Where do you think Nico could potentially get drafted? I think top ten. Even though I'm very high on Nico and you guys know how I am, I think scouts are not going to be in love with how simple a hypo's offense is, and it's going to work against any hypo quarterback. I think Arch Manning will go higher than Nico, honestly. And I think Shador will needs to get in the field first, though, right? Yeah, that's true. But I think Arch Manning and Shador Sanders will go higher than Nico. As far as this draft, I think Caleb Williams. No, no, no. Let's stick to where he would get drafted in his draft. Okay. Okay, yeah. Well, I'm saying, like, if Caleb Williams is the number one pick, he would be dropped higher than Nico will be the next year, is what I'm saying. So I think, um, you think if they were in the same year that Nico would go higher than Caleb Williams? No, 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 he wouldn't go higher than Caleb Williams or Drake May, probably everybody else on this list, though. Dylan points out the way the NFL draft works out, there are usually uh, five teams or so that need quarterbacks, and that's about right. There's oftentimes one guy that could slip to that mid-20s round, Aaron Rodgers, who you mentioned was one of those, not mid-20s round, but mid-20s in the first round. I wouldn't be stunned if that happened to Nico because of the system and people pointing to that and and wondering, um, saying that he has all the physical ability, but is, is he a system quarterback? But let's not forget this. How does Hendon Hooker do? Does he see the field? Uh, they've got golf right now, but if he gets on the field and plays well, that's going to help Nico a lot. Yeah, you are right. That, that'll that be a big impact. And guys, I want to be honest, like this quarterback thing is so, it's so hard to predict, Dave. Let's be honest. Remember, Patrick Mahomes and Mitch Trubisky, I think both both were both drafted the same year, weren't they, with Chicago and Kansas City? And both Chicago and Kansas City were lit on fire for trading up to get those quarterbacks. Well, now Kansas City looks like a genius. Chicago looks like clowns, but nobody knew that at the time. We thought we thought both of them were idiots for trading up to get those quarterbacks, honestly. And so it's these things are so hard. I don't think the one thing I will say, I don't think scouts now, I think they're smart enough to not fall for oh, this quarterback was good in the system. So this they're not they're smart enough to not fall for those patterns anymore. I could be wrong. I mean, half this country still believes in zodiac signs. So you know, I I could be but but yeah, I could be wrong that they don't try to create patterns out of quarterbacks coming from somewhere, but I, I think they're smart enough now to realize that's not the case. Our poll question in 1992, some guy named Tiger played in his first PGA event, one of the most dominant athletes of our time. Who is the most dominant ball football athlete? And we, we want to be sure and accentuate the athlete aspect 
because we're talking about dominant athletes, not and Peyton Manning is probably the best player, but athletes. So Reggie White, Eric Berry, Doug Atkins, and Gene McEver are on the list right now. White, 61%. Eric Berry has 27%. Doug Atkins has 10%. Gene McEver has 2%. So in just two minutes, we'll give you this day in Tennessee sports history, as well as talk about the most dominant athlete that's ever played for the University of Tennessee. And I'm having trouble not going Doug Atkins, but I know a Caleb guy likes Gene McEvers. Stay tuned two minutes. Sun, sand, and salt water, the beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK vision correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Sports Treasures in North Knoxville is one of the South's largest sports cards and memorabilia dealers, featuring over 10 million sports cards from vintage to modern. Sports Treasures carries a full line of hobby boxes, singles, autographed memorabilia, Tennessee Vol collectibles, fan cave decorations, and so much more. See a museum full of collectibles at Sports Treasures, 4819 North Broadway in Fountain City, and Sports Treasures on Facebook. Sports Treasures, where the real sports fan goes to shop. Have you seen the latest TriStar Hats Co. product? TriStar Hats Co., what's that? You know, those really cool hats, shirts, tumblers, and even license plates with three stars like the official Tennessee flag and stripes like the American flag. Pretty patriotic if you ask me. Ah, I got you. Seen those. Those are cool. Where can I get them? Simple. TriStarHatsCo.com. And if you order now, there's 10% on any order $50 or more. Plus, use the promo code HOOKED. With the promo code HOOKED, you get 10% off. That's HOOKED. And don't forget free shipping with any order over 50 bucks. Stock up at TriStarHatsCo.com. That's TriStarHatsCo.com. There are plenty of wannabes out there, so make sure you go to TriStarHatsCo.com for the best quality and customer service. Will do, and I'll be sure to use the promo code HOOKED. That's HOOKED when I do to save an additional 10% off. TriStarHatsCo.com. TriStar Hats Co. is a trademark of TriStar Hats Co. LLC. Any use without express written consent is prohibited. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorney. Play to win, BanksJones.com. Uh, who's this guy? Hello, wizard! The Dave Hooker Show, Ooh. a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. What? YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. Back to Dave Hooker. This day in Tennessee sports history, Caleb Calhoun. It's February the 27th, 2024. How did that happen? Uh, so this day in Tennessee sports history, what do we got? A wonderful 14 years ago today, Tennessee basketball, after upsetting Kansas when they had four players suspended and Tyler Smith was dismissed from the team when Kansas was number one, later in the year, they upset number two, Kentucky, 74 to 65. Now, they weren't efficient at all scoring in that game. They were six of 25 from three. Lucky for them, Kentucky went two of 22 from three. And Tennessee got 20 points from JP Prince and 15 points from Scotty Hobson. And Bobby Mays had a Zakai Ziegler like performance as he dropped five assists and had only one turnover. All right, so there we go. Uh, that was a, a pretty good, pretty good football team. All right, so 
We asked the question on our uh, YouTube page. We'd love for you to vote. Uh, and it's today's tough question. So let's go ahead and get to that right now. Today's tough question. Take a side. Take a stand. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of offthehooksports.com. All right, who's the best athlete in Tennessee football history? We asked that because in 1992, Tiger Woods made his debut in a PGA event. So it is on, on this our, day. On this on day this in day. 1992. Yeah. What did I say? You just said in 1992. I'm like, okay, that's just totally uh, random to bring up yeah. 1992. On this yeah, day in 1992. <laughs> well, I graduated high school. Um, so on this day in 1992, Tiger Woods entered the event. So you think Gene McEver... Who is the most dominant athlete in Tennessee football history? And notice that I'm saying athlete, not player. And Dylan, you got a great point. I'm going to get to that. But you say Gene McEver and why? Yes. Um, I first want to say dominant is relative. So this does not mean that I think Gene McEver is more dominant than Jamal Lewis in terms of an athlete at running back because they both played running back. This, but, is, it's, this is era too. I mean, yeah. You're talking about, uh, if we go back in your era, offensive linemen were 220 pounds. So we're factoring that in. Right, exactly. All dominance is relative. Usain Bolt is faster than Jesse Owens, but Jesse Owens was more dominant in the in, in his Olympics than Usain Bolt was in his. Does that make sense? Uh, you know yeah, listen to this. Uh, Orange Blood says define dominant, total stats. No, that would be like a Peyton Manning or a, maybe even a Hendon Hooker for one year. But the dominant to me is I am a better natural raw athlete than you when I line up on the field. Yeah. So, so who stood out over the rest of the field as an athlete is what we're athletically, up. athletically. Yes. Right. I mean, yes. let's face it. There was one guy that played defensive tackle next to John Henderson. That was probably worthy of being on this list. But he was kind of a goofball and had an anger issue. So I'm not sure that you would consider him. So you can get knocked off the list by poor play. And there have been a couple of other incredible athletes that never panned out, James Banks. But yes, we're we're defining dominant as I am just a better athlete than, than you. Take it. Suck it. Too bad. <laughs> yes. Relative to competition, that's Gene McKeever. <laughs> he would have won the Heisman had he actually had they actually had that voting during that time. I mean, Tennessee's been cursed with the Heisman. The one year they would have had a clear-cut Heisman winner, uh, there was no Heisman. But yes, Gene McKeever had five touchdowns rushing in a game against South Carolina. I want to say that was in 1929. He was the first national superstar that Tennessee ever had. I mean, the guy was just absolutely incredible as a running back. He's got some rushing records that stand to this day. And I think because of that, I probably have to go with him. Robert Nealon, I think, consistently said that is the best player he ever coached. Um, and Sports Illustrated did do a retroactive Heisman Trophy award for everybody in the really? years before the trophy officially came out. Yeah, they did this years ago. And they awarded Gene McKeever the Heisman Trophy for the 1929 season. He was a stud at halfback. Just an absolute stud. So I will go with him. Interesting. Um, now, Dylan brought up a really good point on both of our guys. Because I would go with Doug Atkins because I've seen him jump over offensive linemen, which is just bizarre. Uh, you go with Gene McKeever. Now, the other two that are getting votes, Reggie White and Eric Berry, White, 63% of the vote, Berry, 26% of the vote, Atkins, 9, McEver, 2. 
Now, one of the reasons that those older guys that we named aren't getting as much love, I think, is because they're older guys. You got to really know history. However, Dylan brings up a great point on the message board. This is before desegregation. So, does that factor into your decision at all? It would if we were naming greatest or best. We didn't say that. We said most dominant. So most dominant means relative to who you're playing, relative to your competition at the time. So yes, it was desegregated, but that doesn't really matter because it was who towered more over their competition. Reggie White and Eric Berry are better athletes than Gene McGeever. Um, I don't know Doug Atkins. I actually think Doug Atkins may be that guy that's kind of a victim of being stuck in a segregation time, but would have dominated in any time, <laughs> you know? So... I, I mean, Doug Atkins was 240 pounds. I mean, he'd be a good edge rusher right now if he was 20, yeah. if he was 19 years old. I mean, people that don't know Doug Atkins, he jumped over offensive linemen, literally. Yeah. And, so it's kind of like the Babe Ruth thing. Like, I think Babe Ruth still would have been great in any era. What? Well, uh, to be fair, Babe Ruth was actually half black. That's an unknown. That's a uh, kind of a secret that a lot of people don't know. But uh, Babe Ruth actually uh, was there's many research. There's a lot of research on he was partially African-American. Um, but aren't we all? <laughs> he got white passing. He would not, he was not allowed in certain clubs in Boston when he played. And then when he went to New York, he would frequent the um, nightclubs in Harlem more than anywhere else. And that's something that's a, Oh yeah. So I would probably go. So again, dominant does not, I get the point. And that's why, like, we had, but you don't have to take it with a grain of salt when you're talking dominant because dominant only means relative to the competition in front of you. So, Gene McKeever stood out more over the competition, and Doug Atkins stood out more over the competition than a lot of these other people who were probably better athletes, even though the competition was worse. To put it, it to put it in perspective, Tennessee has had better football teams than Boise State over the past 10, 15 years, but Boise State's been more dominant against their level of competition than Tennessee has. Exactly. Yeah, I couldn't put it better myself. Hit that like and subscribe button. Please do that. We greatly appreciate it. Kalen brought up a good one as well. Leonard Little. Um, you talk about, I mean, yeah, that's a really good one. We might reset the poll, frankly, because of but that. But they didn't give him a chance to be as dominant as he should have been. Because his only dominant year was 95. Because 96, he got hurt. and 97, they moved him to middle linebacker. Yeah, but he was still one of the top. I mean, the cra I I'm with you. Okay. Don't get too defensive on me. He should have played defensive end, but he was still a top five Mike Backer, which is insane. And he's way <laughs> out of position. He's the most out of position player that I've ever seen in watching football in 50 <laughs> years. And he was still okay. So Jalen, he's how, more out of position than Jalen Hurd at running back? Debatable. I'll, give you, <laughs> I'll definitely give you that one. CD heating and air conditioning, 50 years in East Tennessee. Integrity matters. Don't trust a fly by night. HVAC company to tell you that you need a new unit that could cost you thousands or more. Go to city heating and go to cityheatandair.com. Cityheatandair.com. If we we might change it up, if we if we changed it up to just the uh, segregation or uh, desegregation years, who would it be most dominant athlete? It's it's clearly Reggie White at that point. What Reggie White did in 1983 was freakish because he's I mean he. He had defensive end. He had edge rusher athleticism, but he was huge and could line up in the middle. The funnier question would be, all right, this is this is hilarious, but Dave, we have to ask it. 
post integration, who's the most dominant white Tennessee athlete? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know who's the wide receiver that they had. Craig, somebody. Craig Faulkner. Yes, Craig Faulkner. Maybe it's. I'm I'm going Jason Witten. I'm going Jason Witten. Okay, we're let's not go white. Uh, who, <laughs> who is the most don- so se- desegregation in college football would have been when Colton. Uh, college football or Tennessee football? Uh. I kind of need to go across the board, don't I? If I just go Tennessee, well, college football, you, you can go back to the twenties for that with college football, depending on where you are. There were some give me, places. Give in, me a year. You say modern era. I mean, I'm going to say when college football was fully integrated, which I'm going to say 1972. Okay, I'm roughly saying it's 72. Desegregation. Uh, so who who would you have on the list? I'm putting Leonard Little on the list for sure. Leonard Little, Reggie White, Eric Berry. Man, John Henderson was a freak, wasn't he? I think Albert Hainsworth was a bigger. Not freak. in college. You not in college. John Henderson ran a four seven forty. Okay, I think Albert. I Hainsworth mean, had a better sting. I, I okay, but anyway, let, let's let's do this. Reggie White. Now, I'm I'm going to knock Reggie White for a second. Uh, God rest his soul. Because he had one good year. He wasn't incredibly motivated for his second year. Do we keep yeah, Eric Berry on there? Year. It was a very dominant year. Uh, we keep Eric Berry on there. And then since 1970, who else would it be? Dominant athlete. Willie Galt gets a vote. Willie Galt. Uh, do you want John Anderson on here? Could we throw Condridge in there? What about Condridge? Mm, no, I think Keith Schuler was a better athlete. Okay, he sure was probably better. Okay, um, uh, I'm going to go John Henderson and Albert Hainsworth. What about wait? What about Carl Pickens, guys? Carl Pickens over all of them. The guy play, he would have been an All American defensive back and just played wide receiver. Okay, then I'll go Carl Pickens, Reggie White, Eric Berry, John Henderson, Carl Pickens. You can go ahead and vote now. And if you got any other, oh, so you're leaving off Leonard? You are leaving off Leonard Little. I told you you could cut off John Henderson and put Leonard Little on if you want to. Let me see if uh, – oh, yes, I did. All right, so we're going to do this again. Uh, but we're going to – nobody got a vote there. Okay, so let's try this one more time. Most dominant athlete – we've made this incredibly hard um, – since 1970 for the – for Tennessee football. Okay. This is really hard, by the way, because there's – I mean, I could have named Corderell Patterson – who was the best player I've ever seen with the ball in his hands. Um, okay, I'm going to go Leonard Little. I'm going to go Cordero Patterson. Oh, I didn't say put him on there. I just said I could go there. I'm putting him on there because I want a skill position player. All right, and so Reggie White, and then who's my last one? Then we got to put Carl Eric Berry on there. We got to put Eric Berry. Okay, well, then I'm putting Eric Berry over Carl Pickens. Uh, I mean, yeah. over Cordero. Okay. Eric yeah, Berry. Yeah, yeah. So, so Carl Pickens and Cordero and Eric Berry. Yeah. Carl Pickens, Eric Berry. Okay. All right. Let's move on. That took a little bit too long, but uh, there you go. Ooh, since 1970, revote on that. We want to uh, know what you have to think uh, about that. And then we have uh, Tennessee's SEC title odds. And I think they're pretty good, to be honest with you. I think they're. They're, they're, they're not bad at all. Now, Caleb thought it was a little low when I talked to him this morning, so we'll discuss that right after this. Two minutes and Tennessee's title odds. Does Vegas respect the University of Tennessee this season? 
in a newly expanded conference. Stay tuned with Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker off the sports. Got cataracts. We can fix that. Never miss another moment with a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at cctis.com. Hi, I'm Rick Terry, and we at Rick Terry Jewelry Designs pride ourselves in the highest quality craftsmanship from a family-owned business here in Knoxville for over 35 years. At Rick Terry Jewelry Designs, we also take pride in being an affordable option for all your game day accessories, especially those fire opals. At Rick Terry Jewelry Designs, we want to be your jeweler every day and especially on game day. Go Vols! Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. There's your We believe every day is a good day to be thirsty. With free samples on draft and lots of flavors to choose from, Tennessee Cider Company prepares a hard cider that's easy to enjoy. Some say it's the signature cider of the South. Others say it's the cure to your craving. They all say you'll savor every sip. The area of Gatlinburg has so much to offer, and so does Tennessee Cider Company. Add us to your list for shopping and fun experiences. You'll be glad you made the trip. Find our cidery in the Mountain Mall on the Gatlinburg Parkway. Sip smart. Sip the good stuff. Sip Tennessee Cider Company. Thirsty yet? Doors open at 10 a.m. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorney. Play to win, banksjones.com. Uh, who's this guy? Hello, wizard! The Dave Hooker Show, Ooh. a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. What? YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. Back to Dave Hooker. Welcome back. I got 22 likes and over 100 current viewers here. So come on, hit that like button for me. If you haven't subscribed yet, do that. Be sure and Hit the notifications button as well. We'll have a little Cooper Mays action coming up later today. The Vol Report brought to you by City Heating and Air Conditioning. Again, that's cityheatandair.com. Always look forward to visiting with him. Tennessee's title odds, winning the SEC title out today. So if we can go ahead and pull that up and go through it. Uh, the University of Tennessee, I think, I think people, the national media is really split, Caleb on the balls i think some people believe that tennessee is going to take that next step that nico is going to be a special quarterback other people are in this wait and see mode for instance mcelroy uh, greg mcelroy picked them at eight and four i just really scratched my head at that one i feel like the national media is a little split on tennessee do you yeah i do they're very split on tennessee but i will tell you this this is the first time since 2007 that Tennessee's had at least as good of odds as Alabama to win the SEC. Well, let's get to those odds right now. And they're brought to you by the Hemp House, the premier hemp dispensary online with a wide variety, great selection, and strict standards to ensure you only receive the best in CBD or Delta products. Go to Hemp House Chat with two T's.com. Hemp House Chat with two T's. 
Com. All right, so what are the odds? Who's got the best odds to win the SEC? I'm going to bet it's Georgia. It is Georgia, and it like who's going to get mad at that? Like, I mean, Vegas has way too much on the line here, and I, I think this is one of the most clear fields ever where it's like I think the SEC title should be Georgia versus the field. It's not, but I think it should. Wow, who would you take, Georgia versus the field? I personally would take the field, but it's significantly debatable. Yeah, I would I would take the field, but it's it's very close in, in my mind too. All right, so uh, what are what are their odds, and do they have the top odds to win uh, win it all among all teams across the country? Oh, we already did that. That was Fanduel a few weeks ago, but okay. this is Bet Online that we're doing here. So Bet Online has for the SEC, Georgia's plus two hundred, and this is what throws me off. Texas is number two. That already throws me off a lot, but Texas is plus 250. Dave, how is Texas that close to Georgia in odds to win the SEC? Well, I think I can answer that because I was talking to a guy just a couple of months ago about how the line, how Tennessee tends to move the line because it's a big betting state, and he had covered Texas, and he said, you'll see the same thing. So Texas will move the line because so many people bet on Texas. So that's so basically, guys, get rich fading Texas is what they're saying. <laughs> that's what um, the guy told me. I, and, and he's a longtime media member. So I think that's why I don't think they deserve to be. Who's number yeah, three? Yeah. Okay. So number three, then you have a big drop off. Number three is Ole Miss at plus 650. I think Vegas has no idea what to do with Ole Miss. I'm going to be honest with you. I think they have no idea what to do with Ole Miss right now. I think, I think Ole Miss and Tennessee are two of the biggest head scratchers in the nation and definitely the SEC. So what are Ole Miss's odds? Plus 650. Plus 650. Not bad given the talent they brought in. Pretty solid bet. I mean, Lane Kiffin, like he almost did at Alabama in 2009, is going to take a team and out-scheme somebody and win with lesser talent. Can he do that against Georgia in an SEC championship game or against whichever team that might be more talented he has to face in the college football playoff. We'll see. All right, who else? All right, so num- then tied at fourth is at plus 900 apiece, Tennessee and Alabama are both tied for fourth at plus 900. That is insane. If I would have told you that a month ago, it's funny how fast things have changed. That Tennessee and Alabama, which is the better bet at plus 900? I, I think Tennessee. I think Tennessee's a better bet. You know that I think things are going to fall apart in Tuscaloosa. So you know my answer. And it's more because of Alabama than it is because of Tennessee. But yes, if somebody made me bet a mortgage on one of those two teams plus 900, I would take the University of Tennessee over Alabama. Insano. Insano. Yes. Uh, Kalen says, uh, we don't um, we don't know what Nico is going to do this year. Uh, we have first-year redshirt freshman quarterback. Uh, we put a wrench in the Vegas odds. They will change after the first few games. Um, yeah, no, I think they will after the Chattanooga game. And people don't know what to think about Nico. That's why I think it's a good time to – to, to get on board uh, Tennessee. Cause I think after the Chattanooga game, what you said it was plus 900. Yeah. It'll go, plus it'll, 900. it'll go to like plus 500 plus. 
You think Vegas would overreact to a game against an FCS school? You think they'd react like that to a game against an FCS school? They're like known for not getting fooled like that. NC State's second, right? Yes. Okay, I will say after that. I will say the odds right now will be around plus 500 for Tennessee to win the SEC after those first two games because I think they're going to play lights out. I'd say after the Oklahoma game, you might be talking Tennessee at plus 150, plus 200. Whoa! That's almost even money, Caleb. I know. I know because I think Texas is going to fold. Um, and, ah, uh, Texas hold them, fold and get it. <laughs> but anyways, I think Texas is going to fold, and I think it'll be very clearly a Tennessee-Georgia race by October. Why do you think Texas is going to fold? I think they were overrated. I watched them last year. They beat a bad Alabama team that got good after they after that. And they lost to Oklahoma. They lost to Washington in the playoff. They're not a good football team. I don't think they're that good. I think they have a good quarterback in Quinn Ewers, but I don't think they I mean I I, I do think they're overrated. Their defense is terrible. Okay. So I want to ask you this outside of those top four, which is Tennessee, Alabama, Ole Miss, and Georgia. Who and has Texas is, and Texas is in and, that top in Texas? So outside of the top five, does anybody have an opportunity to win a, an SEC title, or is it just those five? I'm not even sure if it's those five. So I'll ask Caleb how many teams actually have an opportunity to win an SEC title uh, in, this upcoming season. The show represented by Banks and Jones. Thirty seconds. Banks and Jones? Well, it's because they're Tennessee's trial attorney. You can play to win with Banks and Jones because they'll go to trial. You've heard of other lawyers. They say they'll go to trial and fight for you. They won't. They just want to settle. That's the easiest way out. Well, that's not Banks and Jones, led by T. Scott Jones. They won't settle. They'll go to trial for you. Tennessee's trial attorney. They play to win. Truly, Tennessee's trial attorney when it comes to criminal defense or personal injury. Why settle? Banks and Jones. T. Scott Jones. Banksandjones.com. How many teams in the SEC have a realistic opportunity to win the conference this year? Big Luke says, and I think it's the first time you posted, Big Luke. Thank you. Welcome to the program. Please hit that like and subscribe button. Uh, Tennessee, LSU, Georgia, Ole Miss are the four that stand a chance of winning a championship. So Tennessee, get, LSU, Georgia, and Ole Miss. Those are the is ones that, that Big Luke says. That's Big Luke. So yeah, LSU is the one that LSU is the one not on here that we named those top five that I think could. They're right there at sixth, and they're at plus one thousand. Um, I think what's hurting them is Brian Kelly just came out and said they're going to keep Harold Perkins at middle linebacker. I don't. It's it's Leonard Little all over again. However, <laughs> they've to Brian Kelly's credit. Uh, apparently it's because Harold Perkins wants to play middle linebacker to help his draft stock because he's a little bit, he, so that's, that's what that's about, but you're hurting LSU. You're hurting the team by doing that, but you know, oh, what does it matter? It's all, it's all about, it's a me society nowadays. I'm going to, um, I, I I'm going to say that Ole Miss, I'm talking about having a, a realistic chance of winning the SEC would be Texas, Ole Miss, Georgia, of course, and Tennessee. Those are my only four. Those are my only four that have a realistic shot to win. Tennessee, LSU, Ole Miss, and Georgia? Yes. So you fully agree with Big Luke? 
I do. Um, I'm going to take a look. Yeah, I, I am too. All right, here's one thing I could say in Texas's favor that I think people are missing, and I, I kind of forgot this part. I'm sorry. I don't want to get conspiratorial, but Greg Sankey gave them the easiest schedule possible to enter the SEC with. And so it was it was kind of funny. And so I think based on that, it's possible that Texas could at least get to the title game because their toughest game, I mean, now they do get Georgia, but they get Georgia at home. Of course, when Greg Sankey set the schedule, the idea was Alabama would still be elite. Um, and they do get Michigan on the road. So it's not like Texas doesn't play a schedule, but again, they're, they, they get Georgia at home. And then the rest of the schedules, Mississippi state, Oklahoma, Vanderbilt. Um, I mean, we're talking like the bottom feeders of the sec. They get pretty much. I just, uh, I don't, I don't think there are going to be as many elite teams as, uh, as, as, as there has been in the past. When I talk about elite teams, um, you know, Alabama and Georgia to have two of those. Um, how many elite teams would you say that college football has had over the past 20 years? Alabama, Georgia has done enough, definitely. Uh, Miami in their second round. Miami. Miami, they haven't won a title in the last 20 years. Oh, am I getting my years mixed up? Okay, who yeah, else? Uh, the last who title else? was a one. Okay, um, yeah. LSU, because they've won two titles. They've won three titles the last 20 years with three different head coaches. That has to matter. <laughs> Florida was elite with Urban Meyer. They were elite. So LSU, Florida, Alabama, Georgia, um. Oh my gosh, Clemson, those five, Ohio State. Yeah, maybe Six. with Urban Meyer, not with Ryan Day. Yeah, with Urban Meyer. Um, Six. Do you want to see Michigan after this year? I, I can't go Michigan because I just think they've had too many like Tennessee style years the last twenty. So I, I'm gonna go six. Wouldn't go Auburn because they just bought Cam Newton and won a national title for a year doing that. But they have that. You don't. If you go back 20 years, Dave, Auburn has had two undefeated seasons in the past 20 years. I don't think they're elite, though. I think they're just yeah. short of that. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Um, do, do conference championships, you mentioned a conference championship uh, earlier. Do they matter with the new college football playoff? Well... We're bringing ask, this up. Be- can I ask you? I- do, you want me asking a certain? No, you go ahead. Do do com- do do conference championship games matter with the new college football playoff? You go. This is what the conference commissioners are trying to address, guys. In case you don't know, this was reported. Uh, Late kick. Josh reported this the other night on Josh Pate. On Josh Pate, he's affiliated with CBS and Two Four Seven Sports now. That there are rumblings inside the college football playoff committee from the com- from the SEC and Big Ten commissioners 
particularly the SEC, that this format for the playoff has accidentally devalued the conference championship game, which is a gigantic moneymaker for the SEC. You know it, Dave. It is a huge... Nothing got brought the SEC more money than that conference title game in, in, in expansion in 92, right? Oh, it's 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 unbelievable. It's an event. It's it's something that's just short of the Super Bowl. I mean, what sporting event? I mean, you could say Game Sevens, but those don't happen every year. What what annual sporting event other than the Super Bowl is bigger than the SEC championship game? The final, the semifinals of the Final Four that Saturday. That's a great day, and, but that's two events, you know. So, um, I think it's been that successful, um, and it's it's been the shiny gem of the SEC, and I don't think they want to let that go. Um, speaking of gems, Rick Terry wants to be your jeweler. Looking for affordable game day jewelry? How about the fire hopefuls of a Tennessee tradition? Don't laugh at me. RickTerryJewelry.com. RickTerryJewelry.com. Tell them off the hook. Sports sent you a uh, Tennessee tradition. Truly uh, is no question about it um, w- with the conference championship. I'll ask you this question and I'm going to paint you into a corner. Is that okay? If I do that, Caleb. Okay. Okay. You would rather win. Would you rather win? Some of these are easy. Would you rather win the uh, SEC championship or the national championship? Because you could win the national championship without the SEC. So this one's easy, right? Yes, national championship. Okay. Uh, Today's oh, oops, wrong sounder. Let's go with the hey now. Hey now. Absolutely. All right. Win the SEC championship, get bounced in the first round of the college football playoff. It would be the second round because you would automatically get a first round bye if you win the SEC championship. Okay. Get get bounced in your first round. So. Yep. Would you, which would you, would you, which would you take an SEC championship or bounced in the, your first round, whatever your first round may be? Well, obviously if it's either, or you take the SEC title, but I think what you mean is SEC championship and you get bounced in the first round in your first game or something else. Well, what is this? But like win the SEC championship or lose a playoff game. Obviously, win the SEC championship. I don't think you. I think what you meant to say is win the SEC title and get bounced in the first round, or something else. Well, but I mean, what it would be more significant? No, I, I didn't. I didn't mean to ask it another way. I, maybe I phrased it wrong. What would be more significant to you if Tennessee won an SEC championship game uh, or made the college football playoff? To me, if you're they not would make the make- college football playoff, if they won an SEC championship. I know, but what is more significant? What do you hang your hat on at the end of the day? When they're celebrating this team, and I'm writing celebrate. This is this is this is a false dichotomy of why the conference championships don't matter, though. Well, I think they do matter. You, but you no, can. No, but this is you're ta- like win the SEC or get bounced out in the first round of the playoff. Like you're going to the playoff if you win the SEC. Like what? That's not even a choice. Okay. Um, how about this? We'll make it really simple. Win the SEC or or make the national championship game. You you how lose. About, okay, so how about this? You lose, but you make the national championship game. Give, give me how about it. this? Wait, wait, wait. I, I got a better one. Win the SEC and get bounced out in your first game of the playoff. 
that those two things or go play for the national title and lose. Is that a fair way to say it? Yes. Okay. Go play for the national title and lose. And I'm going to tell you guys exactly why. Recruiting's a big deal in college football, more than college basketball. You don't want the reputation of being the program that chokes in the playoff. You don't want the Rick Barnes reputation in college football. No. Okay, but would you take SEC championship or lose in the national championship game by 50? Okay, SEC championship then. <laughs> SEC championship because you also don't want you don't want to be the team that loses by fifty because then you're TCU and you're you you're considered a program that never belongs and got lucky. Uh, yeah. Okay. So okay, what about this? What about this? SEC championship or you lose by a possession in the national championship game? Lose by a, and but with wait if I win the SEC how far do I go in the playoff? Um. Well, no. You you lose by a possession in the national championship. No, game. no. You said SEC championship, or I lose by a possession in the national title game. My question was, how far do I go in the playoff on top of winning the SEC championship? Oh, uh, first round bounce. Lose by a possession in the national title game. Not even a question. The 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 the, the reputation you get from a first round bounce after winning the SEC would be so humiliating that it would wreck your program recruiting. It would be the number one seed losing to a number 16 seed in the NCAA tournament level humiliating. It wouldn't so, be that bad. It is. Now, here's the here's here's where this is all coming in. And this is why I wanted to bring this up. Dave, there's a reason Notre Dame is not, they actually agreed to this cultural playoff format where they have to, where they can't get a first round bye. You know why? Why? Yeah, they have to play an extra playoff game but they don't have to play a conference championship game. So it cancels out. So think about this for a minute. Just think about this if you're Notre Dame. You could play an extra game in which you get a home game as the five seed or six seed against a lower seed, right? In the first round. You get a home game yes. in the first round. Or... You have to win your conference championship game against another elite team on a neutral field. Both teams end up in the same spot if they win. Second round of the playoff. Makes no difference whatsoever. The SEC, and this is what Greg Sankey's worried about, has the playoff has taken away the incentive to play for the conference champion. One, you'd rather be the third team than the second team in the SEC. Would you rather be the second team and lose the SEC title or be the third team, not have to play the game, but you still go to the playoff? I'd rather win the SEC title. I didn't I'm, say win. I said, would okay. you rather lose the SEC title? But if I'd rather have the opportunity to play for it. I'd rather have, I know you're telling me I'm going to lose, but I want to be on that stage and I want to believe, I know it's nostalgia and you're right, Caleb. Be nice about it. But I want to believe that the conference championship games still mean a lot. I want to believe. Then you have to make them mean a lot. You have to restructure the playoff format. This is the problem. You have to restructure the playoff format for them to mean a lot or else they're conference tournaments in basketball. That's all they are. I know. And I, That's the one thing about the whole playoff that I don't like that I'm trying to avoid. Somebody asked, is John uh, coming on today? No, John is uh, a little bit under the weather. That's the only thing. It's kind of like, you know, you 
you get married to the love of your life and you're going to spend the next 50 years with her and everything's going to be great. But, you know, dating good looking girls isn't that bad either. It's the one, you know, it's the one thing that I can't cope with is that the SEC championship game might be a big nothing. It's and I love that event. It's a sacrifice that you made for expanding the playoff, but there is a fix. And this is what they're working on right now. And there is no there is no resolution. They haven't figured it out. But here's what I think is going to happen. I think the SEC and the Big Ten. What do you think of this, Dave? Let's just stick with the SEC because that's the one. I'm, no other conference championship game is an event like the SEC, right? Like none of them have the magnitude that the SEC one does. No. It's so much more. So the SEC... What, what would you say if they split into divisions, okay? And there was kind of like a mini playoff within the SEC that was embedded into the college football playoff. Uh, you've got me interested. That's something that they have promoted. Here's a philosophy I've thought of. SEC eventually goes to 24 teams. Let's say they go to 24. All right, fair number. And, fair. okay, they have three eight-team divisions, okay? Three divisions with eight teams. The champions of those divisions, and then one wild card voted on by, like, the AP poll or whatever, like, who they think is the best team that didn't win those divisions, those four play a playoff. And then the winner goes to play the winner of the Big Ten that has the same format for the national title. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 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 good with that. You know, one thing that's going to make me physically ill though hmm. is if a team from the SEC um were to to play. A, a, let's say they were a two loss team, but they make it to the SEC championship game and they lose by a possession to Georgia in Atlanta, and then Wisconsin makes the playoffs and it's viewed nationally as they had a not Wisconsin. I'm sorry. Cincinnati. I was, I was picking, trying to pick a random uh, team, uh, and and Cincinnati makes it, or so somebody else makes. It. I'm trying to think of a, a a TCU like they made it that year. That's what I don't want to see because to me, making it through the SEC schedule, especially with what it is, it's going to be so much more difficult. That's not going to happen. There's seven. There's seven at large bids. So two lost teams from the SEC are getting automatic bids. Have you ever seen a two loss team? Whoa, whoa, whoa. This would be a three loss team. This would be a two-loss team going into the SEC championship game and then losing by a possession against Georgia. I still think they're getting an automatic bid. Uh, not oh. an automatic bid. I still think they're getting in. They're they're pretty easily getting a bid because there's probably another two-loss team that's third in the SEC. So that's also getting in. Because what happens? Say there's two two-loss teams that finish second and third. The two-loss team that goes to the SEC title loses. They have three losses. Does that mean the team that finished third in the SEC is ahead of them because they only have two losses even though they didn't play an extra game? I mean, that's that's where the incentive structure is coming in right now where you'd rather be third than second. If Tennessee's playing Georgia for the SEC title in a rematch this year, if I'm Tennessee, I'm resting everybody. I'd rather have a home game in the first round of the playoff than have to play Georgia. This would be a lot easier if the Pac-12 hadn't imploded. I mean, really, that that was kind of the foundation. You had five conferences, and now that it's imploded, it's it makes it much more difficult. It'd be a and lot easier if they just went to eight teams. Oh yeah. If they just had if they just had eight and had the five power five conference champions and one auto bid and then one lower level and then two wild cards. No, I agree. I I agree with that. 
did you even think 12 was a possibility when they came out and announced that it was just like in the middle of the day out of nowhere i'd never even heard of 12 you we weren't working together when they announced that did they did we? yeah uh no we weren't working together i didn't Probably think it was a possibility the, but bizarre I, I kind of knew that that was where they were going because the SEC was very firmly against auto bids because they knew that at large bids, there were going to be more SEC teams in there. And Notre Dame was very firmly against auto bids unless it went to 12, because otherwise there'd only be two uh, spots available for them in the playoff. I mean, I I know you don't like playoffs in general, the the playoff in general, but 16 even makes more sense than 12 because you have an even number. I want to remind you that uh, we're sponsored in part by our friends at TriStar Hats. Go to TriStarHatsCo.com. Free shipping right now. The new spring styles are out, so certainly check those out there. Awesome, awesome hats. I've got one of the trucker hats that I like to rock right here. And you certainly need to check them out. TriStar hats are fantastic. Support uh, the state of Tennessee, even if you're not a Tennessee fan. Uh, they've got orange ones as well. Check them out. TriStarHatsCo.com. Again, TriStarHatsCo.com. Coming up, ESPN has joined the ACC in uh, the fight versus LSU. And there may be a felony involved stay tuned in two minutes we'll be right back with you he's caleb calhoun i'm dave hooker this is off the oak sports got cataracts we can fix that never miss another moment with a little help from doctors campbell cunningham taylor and Hahn at cctis.com Hi, I'm Rick Terry, and we at Rick Terry Jewelry Designs pride ourselves in the highest quality craftsmanship from a family-owned business here in Knoxville for over 35 years. At Rick Terry Jewelry Designs, we also take pride in being an affordable option for all your game day accessories, especially those fire opals. At Rick Terry Jewelry Designs, we want to be your jeweler every day and especially on game day. Go Vols! Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. We believe every day is a good day to be thirsty. With free samples on draft and lots of flavors to choose from, Tennessee Cider Company prepares a hard cider that's easy to enjoy. Some say it's the signature cider of the South. Others say it's the cure to your craving. They all say you'll savor every sip. The area of Gatlinburg has so much to offer, and so does Tennessee Cider Company. Add us to your list for shopping and fun experiences. You'll be glad you made the trip. Find our cidery in the Mountain Mall on the Gatlinburg Parkway. Sip smart. Sip the good stuff. Sip Tennessee Cider Company. Thirsty yet? Doors open at 10 a.m. What the? What was he thinking? Release the hounds. The Dave Hooker Show. Keep cool. A presentation of offthehooksports.com. Or Florida State just can't catch a break. ESPN is backing the ACC in their fight against Florida State. Caleb, explain. What does this mean for the Knowles 
who may have committed a felony? Yes. So Florida, so ESPN submitted a filing in North Carolina court to support the ACC's lawsuit against the Florida State Board of Trustees. Now, remember, guys, Florida State filed a lawsuit against the ACC. The ACC countersued against Florida State. The ACC suit is in North Carolina. Florida State's is in Florida. The reason they're doing that is because they're fighting on where to have it because, you know, if it's in Florida, it'll be friendlier to Florida State. If it's in North Carolina, it'll be friendlier to the ACC. So the ESPN, which is backing the ACC, filed it in North Carolina. They say Florida State, they say the deal contains textbook trade secrets. The ACC's ESPN deal contains textbook trade secrets and that Florida State publicly disclosing the terms of the media deal is destabilizing and harmful to them. So. What they're saying is these are trade secrets, like, you know, for instance, you have to have trade secrets in the stock market and stuff like that. And they're saying by exposing the deal with the ACC and ESPN, Florida State has violated a clause that is a Wait, fel- that makes it a felony. Exposing what deal? Just the fact that they were getting the ESPN ACC TV deal. Okay. The wh- ESPN why- ACC TV deal. Okay. So why would Florida State have released that and not the ACC? Because the deal is a really, really horrible deal, and it's one of Florida State's arguments for wanting to get out of the ACC. Okay. And why is the worst? So why is ESPN backing Florida State? No, they're backing the ACC. Backing the ACC. Do you want the real reason, or do you want what they're claiming? Let me go with what they're claiming, then the real reason. They're claiming Florida State committed a felony by releasing the terms of their deal with the ACC, because it's textbook trade secrets. Okay. Like, you know, you can't just release insider trading information between businesses. Obviously. That doesn't sound if you signed a non disclosure, yes, it could be criminal. Uh, okay. So, yeah. What do you think the real reason is? And I, where you get to that, I want to remind people that Sports Treasures carries over 5 million sports treasures and so much more. Follow on Facebook for the best sports memorabilia daily updates. Go to facebook.com and follow them at Sports Treasures TN. Sports Treasures TN, by the way, they'll bring you the prizes for uh, Hooker's Corner. Uh, that you can join. We'll put a link on the board. We had some people join yesterday, and you can win a mini helmet signed by Hendon Hooker. So uh, go right ahead, Caleb. Okay. They're backing this because the ACC is stuck in a really crappy deal with ESPN right now that ESPN is the huge beneficiary of. And that deal could fall on its face if Florida State leaves because here's what's happening. The ACC is stuck in a contract they signed in 2016 and they're stuck in it through 2036. So for ESPN's sake, they want to see the ACC survive. Now ESPN is going to make out fine either way, because what happens is if Florida state leaves the ACC and they could actually themselves cancel their contract with the ACC by 2027. But the thing is when Florida state does inevitably leave the ACC, that's going to knock off the next round of expansion and they don't they're worried about how much extra they'd have to pay for sec games in 10 years or if they want to go get the big 10 big 10 games in 10 years in seven years so because the more of these power programs you add the more value there is so it's much easier for espn if the acc survives and they keep them stuck in this really bad deal for through 2036 where espn is just raking in money yeah, um, th- this is such a long-term contract. 
and you've knocked the SEC television contract, and it's not great. And Jimmy Himes has, who will join us tomorrow, has knocked it too. But this contract, just in, in terms of its length, is a bad contract. Nobody knows, and they didn't at the time. Look what's happened since. You've had NIL. You've had uh, a college football playoff. Why would you sign a contract that long? Because they I mean, were just, so Aside from the money, just the length. Because, well, they, when Maryland left the ACC in 2011 and paid like a $50 million exit fee that the Big Ten covered, they were so worried of losing other conferences that they just immediately strong-armed them into this long-term deal and this grant of rights deal. And and so I think that was – so they were they were doing this to try to make sure they had the schools locked in. And it was more important to keep the big schools like Florida State and Clemson locked in than it was to get a good deal from ESPN. Let me ask you this. Will there be an ACC in 10 years? No. Okay. No, and here's here's how you here's why there won't. They will dis- what's going to happen is Florida State is still working and Clemson are working behind the scenes. The way they're going to get out of this is they're going to they're going to corral a majority of members to leave, or I think they'll win the suit because, you know, I'm talking now out, out of the side of my mouth though. No, there will, there might be because Cal Stanford and SMU to the ACC makes it very hard to dissolve the ACC. Cause those, they all have a vote now in whatever Florida state or Clemson decides to do. That's why the ACC did it. And the truth is you could, we had T Scott Jones on and he had a good point. Florida state can't sue the ACC just because they, you, you can't sue somebody for forcing you to be stupid. And I mean, and so I don't know what happens with this. I, I do know this. Florida State fans, listen to me. You're going to like what I have to say. And I'm somebody who didn't say you belonged in the playoff. Because it's it's conspiracy Caleb time. <laughs> ESPN has an incentive to make Florida State a total undesirable on the national market for conferences. Meaning, you will see, and if ESPN has that incentive, the ACC has that incentive, and selection committee has that incentive. Meaning, you will see them work overtime to try to keep Florida State out of events like the playoff over the next 10 to 12 years. Include it. They don't even care if they lose money on it. It's so much less, it's so much more devastating if they lose Florida State that they want to take away all of Florida State's leverage, and they do that by devaluing Florida State. I'm, I'm just telling you, half the selection committee was made up of ACC administrators this past year. Florida State didn't get in. There's an incentive structure right now to devalue Florida State as much as possible while they're stuck in the ACC. And then you pick them up for pennies on the dollar. So if you're the SEC, do you pick up Florida State, if you can get them for pennies on the dollar in five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years. Yes, yes, you pick up Florida State. Could you imagine how? And, and people think I'm crazy because I want the SEC to go to 24 teams. I think they should pick up Florida State and Miami. Just the entire that. Then you have the whole Florida footprint right there. Honestly, and yeah, you take Florida State. Florida State is such a powerful brand that. Yeah, you take them. Clemson, you and I, I think, both agree. If Clemson starts struggling, they, they won't have the same. They won't be the revenue generator if they start struggling. 
but Florida State will always be a revenue generator. Yeah, and there's and there's something sexy about Florida State, isn't there? You know, with the you mean beyond beyond the girls that intrigued Brent Musburger? No, beyond that, yes. But back in the day, you know, with Dion, and they came kind of out of nowhere, and they weren't even a really a they were a, they were a girls' school, and they were about to disband football. And Bobby Bowden was a likable figure. I mean, there's something very likable about Florida State, even though I know you don't like them. But there's something appealing. No, I don't. I don't dis. I don't dislike them. I just thought they got favorable treatment. But they, that's because Bobby Bowden was smart and he made friends with the media. Guess what? You make friends with the media, and the media and runs your sport. You're going to get some favorable treatment. I yep. mean, Florida State. The, the funny thing is, as you know, Dave, Miami, Florida State, and Florida all became like overnight powerhouses in the 80s and 90s. Um, big history lesson. Why? Why did that happen? Anybody? Anybody want to take a guess? I don't know. Air conditioning became a normalized part. Central air, finally by the 60s became part of every household and affordable, which made it easier for a lot of people to move to Florida. Exploded in a population. Those kids were in their teens by the 80s and 90s, and that's why they all started going there. It became a much easier place to recruit at. And look, Florida State's a sexy man. More and more people are moving to Florida, so it's still going to stay a sexy brand. And um, I think that, quite honestly, yeah, you take Florida State and but they, I don't know how this ends because they're in a really, really, really rough situation right now. And now that ESPN's against them, it could be even rougher. You need to become a John. That's right. You need to join Hooker's Corner if we can pick that up. Why? Because this is the big week, the last week of the month. It's the first, it's the last of the month, the first of the month. I can't remember that rap song. But anyway, uh, this is what we give away this week. This is our grand monthly prize. Thanks to our friends at Sports Treasures. This is a mini helmet signed by Hendon Hooker. I, I will just tell you that the retail value is considerably high. So we will be giving away a grand prize every month, weekly prizes as well, and also an ability to interact with us that we really like. If we can pull up uh, Hooker's Corner, and I'll go ahead and put up the uh, link right there, uh, if you if you don't mind, Caleb, because yeah, uh, we'll have not only a breakdown of some upcoming prospects, we will also have continued uh, stories on current Tennessee signees. So all you have to do is go right here, and I'm going to go ahead and post it. We can go bango, so you can uh, join now, and you will have an equal opportunity, just like everybody else that has joined, to win that Hendon Hooker autographed helmet that we will give away on Friday. So we're super excited about that. And we're super excited about growing this community. We thank Sports Treasures for being a part of it. For Caleb Calhoun, I'm Dave Hooker. Be a John. It's just $9.98 a month. Be on Hooker's Corner. Get more interaction with us. We love it. For Caleb Calhoun, I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply